Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's the 5 o'clock hour on The Big Show. Craig Bullerjack filling in for Jake Scott, hanging out with my old pal Gordon Monson. Welcome back in. It's hour number four of The Big Show. Hour number four. And Austin's still two standing. Well, you're sitting, but you're still standing. <laughs> yeah, two more to go. Um, Austin's Austin's upset, Bowler, because the, yeah. the non-sports report was approved by our listeners in a landslide. <laughs> it no. was Well, it was 7-4. And now I really, got three, it was six four. I, no, no, because Ryan's vote counts, right? And but I then did, one guy said he likes me hating the not sports so report. Yeah, is but that a half or is that, is I, that a yes? No, no, because if I didn't, if I didn't do the not sports report, then Austin couldn't hate it and he couldn't <laughs> enjoy it. And and then I got three calls during the break from people uh-huh. who were giving me the approval. So it's up. It's ten to four now. Who who are the people on the phone calls? Just listeners, people I know. Larry Curley who, and Mo. They have your. <laughs> we'll call them. Listeners have your phone number. Well, they were their friends. Who uh, oh yeah. To this show. But you know what though? You are the man of the people. Uh, indeed, that's what I'm what here people? for. If it had, if it had gone the other way, then I certainly would have at least thought about not doing it anymore. Let's, let's bring in Riley, our pal, pal Riley Jensen, uh, sports psychologist, uh, just a good guy, former QB up at Utah State. I had a quick stop at Brigham Young. Riley, uh, my friend, how are you? And by the way, do you want to put a vote in on a yay or nay on the non-sports report? <laughs> Mostly I want to just vote for Gordon to see Austin vote. Just melt down just a little bit more. <laughs> There's something fun about watching Austin meltdown. I don't know yeah. why, but it's, it's just a little bit fun. So I'm, What's that I'm supposed going, to mean? <laughs> so I'm going to put you as a yay. And, Gordo, I mean, yeah. it, it's close to a landslide of 8-4. Yeah. 11-4. Now, if you uh, include my three friends. Oh, and called. your three friends. Yeah, 11-4. Hey, if I was 11 for 15 in a game, I'm feeling pretty good about this. <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> See, this is just one of the many reasons I love Riley Jensen. He's uh, he's the best in the biz. So. Oh, shoot. Oh, Riley, you, Riley, you know, Riley. I've, I've been enjoying listening to you guys today. I, I was listening earlier when they told me that Bowler Jack, I mean, this is, we're going back a little bit here to the big show, yeah, right? Like, yeah, this yeah. is this is where it all started, Riley. It is. Right it here. is. I'm, I'm feeling good about it. No, it's I'm great to have you on. It. You know, and you've come such a, a – I mean, your journey is so intri- intriguing to me too. I mean, uh, you're so involved with sports. You take it to the next level, uh, helping people with life's lessons, sports psychologist. You quarterbacked uh, in, in the college ranks, um, Utah State Aggies. Um, I mean, congratulations on that. And I'm just curious. We're living in a in a crazy world right now, and I'm sure you're pretty busy, <laughs> aren't you, right now, Riley? Yeah, it's been it's it's been very busy, and 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 I appreciate I appreciate your kindness. Um, you've always been very kind to me and very helpful to me. But um, this this has been an interesting time, and and all this stuff going down, whether you're an athlete, whether you're a business person, or whatever else it is. It's, these these are these are different than anything we've ever experienced. And so, even as you know, a sports psychology consultant and as a person that's trying to help athletes, I mean, there's a lot of this stuff that's new. Now there's some basic fundamentals that are that are key. But I mean, some of the reactions of athletes you're seeing that are different, 
some of the reactions of some of your friends and maybe even yourself that you're like, man, why am I acting like this? Is really just because it's it's kind of the fear of the unknown and there's things going on that we've never had to experience before. And so it's it's a really interesting time. There's no question about it. So Riley, whether it's NBA players who are trying to figure out what they're going to face in the bubble and all the stuff going on with the COVID-19, with the Black Lives Matter uh, and then on top of that, high-pressure basketball situations, being away from their families, being away from their support system, being in a unique environment. What kind of advice do you give them? What would you say to them if you had the opportunity to sit down with them so that they could perform at their best level? And then at the same time, what advice would you give all our listeners who are fighting kind of similar battles? Yeah, so there, it's interesting that you bring that up. There's there's a... Uh... There's a kind of a scale that's out there called the Social Readjustment Rating Scale that was that was made by the University of Washington, and I think I think it's a little bit um, pertinent to this situation in the sense that whether change is going on that's good or bad in your life, it's really really interesting with this scale that when those sort of things are going on, it's important to educate people that your chance for illness and injury goes way up when you have different things changing in your life. So it could be the death of a spouse. It could be a change in work, a change in job, a change in a relationship, um, all these different things. And they kind of have a scale that rates these. You know, death of a spouse is highest at like 100. And then, you know, other things that take place with us, like a loss of a job could be at like a 40. And then you go through this questionnaire, and if you score over 300, you're at 80% risk of injury and illness. So I think one of the things that I'm talking to people, especially athletes right now, with all the change that's going on, is I'm trying to educate them on the fact that they're at a higher risk right now because there's change going on. <laughs> so how do you do that? How do you deal with those sorts of things? Well, there's a lot of different things that are going on, and there's a lot of different advice going on out there. But I think there's a there's there's kind of three key indicators that are helping people to figure this out. Number one is you need to keep the science and the research shows that you need to keep a good routine. And all of our routines have kind of been disrupted with this. So your morning and evening routine is the easiest thing to keep the same, to to kind of get up in the morning, prepare like you're going to work, and even if you're just going into the other room to go work on your computer, it's important that you get up and, and practice that routine. And then before you go to bed, um, getting yourself enough sleep um, to rejuvenate your body, there's – there's all kinds of studies right now about people and their sleep and how much sleep can be a huge have a huge effect on um, them being able to perform at the highest level. And then the second thing besides routine is just being intentional during the day. And when we say intentional, just just having something that you're planning on working on today. And it's just because everything's kind of out of sorts. And we as human beings, we crave routine. We crave that ability to it's, – it's no different than a basketball player that, you know, takes three dribbles and then spins the ball and then shoots it. That's a routine to kind of calm yourself down and reduce anxiety so that you can perform at a higher level. And you need to do that in life too, um, both before games and before competitions and before you go to work. And so some of those things, some of those fundamentals have been really, really good and really, really helpful to some of the people that are – that are out there struggling with different anxieties. Hey, Riley, kind of a deep question, but I'm going to go with this because you as a former athlete, quarterback, and that's a pressure-packed job. 
I think athletes in general are thought upon as being, quote, unbreakable, right? I mean, you're supposed to perform at the highest level under the most difficult, stressful situations. So my question is, as these athletes go into this bubble of quarantine, are they surprised? Are you hearing or talking to athletes that maybe for the first time are telling you they're a bit concerned and afraid, which, again, is a word we were never supposed to use, right, in in a huddle on the football field. We're supposed to be in control. Same in the NBA. These are the elite of elites. And I'm curious how what you would say to them if they actually say, I'm a little – I am fearful, which is a difficult word to say. There's there's no question, Craig. The the elite athletes that I work with, and I have – I think by my last count, 17 that are either on the on the World Cup, world class level, Olympic level, or professional levels. Um, there's no question that they're more open to being afraid and expressing some of their fears. In fact, out of those 17, uh, 14 out of the 17 have anxiety problems, meaning um, not not problems. I don't like to call them problems, but challenges, right? Where they do get nervous before a game starts. They do get nervous about their health and about some of these things. And I think. Some of the things that maybe the NBA players are experiencing right now is the fragility of income, right? The fragility of my starting position and what does it mean if I get I get tested and I'm proven positive for COVID-19, I have to sit out for 14 days during this eight-game playoff series, right? And my backup comes in and lights it up. What does that mean for my career? And so there's there's a lot of different fears that are going on and working against these people right now. And I think the major thing that I'm telling some of these basketball players and some of these football players and some of the different athletes that I'm working with is you, you have to really get buckled down on controlling the controllables. And most of the time I hate that phrase because I think it's so kitschy and I think so many coaches use it. But the controllables are your attitude, your effort, your enthusiasm, your coachability, your preparation – Really get focused on those things that you really can control because those things that are outside of your control are other people and are outside influences, and you don't have any control of it, so it's really kind of fruitless, and it's, it's, it's kind of a bad practice to try and control any of those things. So when they get hyper-focused on their effort or their enthusiasm or working on their sleep and nutrition habits, they feel their anxiety go down and their performance goes up. And they seem to be a lot happier about the situation that they're in. So, Riley, do you think that it's a good idea, uh, given the risks involved with the COVID-19 pandemic right now and the numbers surging, that uh, that various uh, organizations and associations are even thinking about sports going on? Well, I think I, I, that, that's, that's a loaded question, right? And... and some of it might even be political. I, I do think that there's some merit to the psyche of just all of the United States and, and to some of uh, – here, here's what I get nervous about from a mental health perspective is what does it mean when you're not able to go out and participate in sports and work out and work and do some of these things that you want to do? There's, there's huge damage going on right now to the mental health of America that we're not really – and we're not really talking about. I mean, we're talking about 200 percent 
raise in suicide rates right now and suicide-related things that are going on, according to the latest statistics. And that's also and equally as harming to our society as COVID-19. So I think there's a delicate balance, Gordon, and I think it's a really, really good question. But I do think that there's something about being able to get out and be physically active and be healthy and compete and, and be able to lose and overcome losing and be able to win and handle that imposter the same way. So to me, I feel like we should be doing everything we can to get back. I feel like we should be doing it in the safest way possible. I feel like the NBA has made the most efforts so far to do it in a safe way. Um, I'm not, I, I know that the NCAA is super concerned about different things, so they're trying to get ahead of the curve. It's a little bit harder to standardize things when it comes to the NCAA with different sports and, quite frankly, with different budgets for different teams, right? Uh, I think some of the things that people are talking about in the NCAA is, okay, well, if we're testing and we're doing this every day but and we're at USC and Utah State's coming down to play us, but they only test like every two weeks because they can't afford to do testing every week and they're not as um, as able to make sure that everybody's healthy as our team. How does that affect us, right? And so I think there's a lot of nuanced questions to that question, Gordon. And I think I think collectively we all have to put our heads together and be smart about it and do our best to get people out and being active and working and doing the things that have made us so productive as a country. But at the same time, making sure that we're safe and that we're not just doing this so that we can have a sport that is maybe meaningless when it comes to life. Riley Jensen uh, here on the big show, uh, former Aggie quarterback, sports psychologist, uh, tries to help people with life's lessons. And Riley, I want you to go back one more time because I think this is the most important thing for we're talking athletes, but let's talk about all of us as humans. Again, uh, the overall picture that it's okay to have anxiety, to have fear, because I think many of us have been taught, look, it's a weakness, but in reality, it's a human quality uh, that we have is that uh, escape, you know, flight. What is it called? Fl- uh, fight or flight? Fight or flight. And I yeah. think you know it gets over when you're when you're scared. That mechanism in our bodies and brains gets overworked. I mean, I'm right here with you on this one because I I've lived it, and I'm not uh, and I've been open about that to many people. I'm overactive when it comes to that. And I think it's important for you to let people know again how they feel it's okay. And, I, and, and to, to talk to people about those fears, right? I mean, that's really important. Yeah, I, it's, it's a great point. And, Craig, I would say that 90% of the time when I'm working with athletes and we're talking about sport anxiety, um, 90% of the time I'm working with anxiety. And the, the best thing that we can do is normalize this, right? This is a normal feeling. It, it, to, to, to be nervous in athletics is 100% normal and not abnormal. And when I'm talking to athletes, I think this is an important piece to maybe this puzzle that I think people need to understand is I talk to athletes a lot about what does it feel like physically when you get anxious? And they're like, oh, you know, the, the, the things that we all talk about, they'll be like, well, you know, I get butterflies. Um, I get a little bit of sweaty palms. Sometimes I get shortness of breath. My heart beats faster. And then I say, okay, so this is a little bit harder question because we don't get as excited as easily when we get older. But I said, how do you feel physically when you get excited about something? 
and they're like, God, you know, I mean, sometimes I get shortness of breath. My heart beats a little faster. Sometimes I get butterflies. I get a little bit sweaty. And I'm like, so wait a minute. Are we talking about anxiety or are we talking about excitement? Right? And and they're like, God, I don't know. And I said, well, what's the difference? And, and the science and the research has shown that there's no difference in the physical reaction between excitement and anxiety. And so it's really the way that we label it. And if we can normalize that feeling and realize that anxiety and fear is really just an indicator that it's important to us and not that it's debilitating, not that you can't perform well and that all those things that happen, then it can it can be really, really useful to know, oh, this is just part of my process. I'm excited but, about that. But, Riley, this also is an important thing to, to talk about, that it actually is in everyone's daily life, not only just an athlete, but just just the the he or she that goes to work and have doubt, right? No no question. No question. And I think um, there's, there's all kinds of stuff out there right now. I spend a lot of time on breathing techniques on uh, what we call millennial meditation. There's apps like Headspace. There's apps like Calm that the NBA has embraced and that other people have embraced. And they're very, very effective in managing sport anxiety, in life anxiety. Now, there are cases where the anxiety is too much. You go, you, you go and you see a professional, and sometimes there's medicines that can help you control that. But there are a lot of tools and a lot of things out there right now that we're using that help take the top off of that. And and it's like you said, it, it really evolved from clear back when we were cavemen and women, and we came around the corner of a rock, and there was three things that could happen. One was nothing. Two was we found a rabbit to eat. And three was we were dinner for a saber-toothed tiger. And we just <laughs> haven't really evolved. We haven't really evolved from that. And it's important that we're able to use tools and techniques to deal with the fear and the anxiety that sometimes exists. And that, that's a great point. Uh, and, and one of the things, Riley, that I remember talking, I mentioned this to Austin earlier, I talked to a, a psychologist who used to work with athletes, but he also worked with fighter pilots. And he said, of course, when you're getting shot at, you're going to have this response that you were just talking about. But he said he, he would train the pilots to focus on the things that they had learned in their own training and to, focus, to learn to focus on that so that when it comes, when they came under fire, they would just go through their routine that they had practiced again and again and again. And that's easier said than done, but that's, that's pretty good advice, isn't it, to stay in the moment to stay focused on what they knew they had done a thousand times before. Yeah, it's interesting because the number one job for people who graduate with my degree right now is working with the armed forces and the special forces like the Navy SEALs, um, uh, pilots with the Army Rangers and Green Berets. And one of, the, one of my favorite phrases that I've heard out of the military from some of my colleagues is that you sink to the level of your training. You don't rise to the level of your your moment, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can practice over and over and over and be prepared for things, then when you do get nervous or when something happens, you sink to a really healthy level of good training and really, really good level of those sorts of things. And I think some of those thoughts and some of those processes are impactful just in some of the, the police brutality that we're talking about and some of the different things that are going on in this world where if we could take a deep breath, we can train ourselves to react just a little bit differently to situations. It can save lives, not just not just <laughs> livelihoods, if, if you will. And so 
No question, staying in the moment is important. No question that these breathing techniques help us to be focused on that moment. And there's no question, for whatever reason, and I don't know if it's with the advent of, in 2012, there was a, we reached over 50% saturation with smartphones. And for whatever reason, there's all kinds of things that have happened to our society since then, as far as um, suicide rates, as far as overall anxiety goes. And the people that I'm working with, both in the business field um, and in sports, are very anxious right now. There's a lot of anxiety going around. And the thing to take solace with with that is that it's completely normal. And the thing to think about is that there are tools and there are people out there that can help you. I mean, throughout this whole epidemic, I've been working with doctors and nurses. I thought I was going to be a sports psychologist only, right? But there's doctors, there's nurses, there's people that are worried about different things that are going on. And these tools all the way across the board are helpful. Well, I'll just jump in here with this. And Bowler and I have known you for a long time, Riley. And I'll put a plug in for you. We we, we know you. Uh, I know you're well-trained and that you're able to help other people, whether those folks are athletes, like you said, or whether they're business people, whether whatever you do for a living, if you need help, you should uh, – he's – Riley's a great guy to talk to. So, uh, anyway, you're probably all booked up, but I went ahead and said that anyway. And I'll echo that, Riley. I tell you, I think that's one of the best 20 minutes of discussion and true talk uh, that we've had or I've heard on this station in a long time. And it comes, I think, at a very unique but important time, my friend. I I appreciate it, guys. And, uh, you know, just thank you for being the candy that I get to chew on every every afternoon because I, I really like to listen to you guys and it helps me to escape from some of my own things and then and then I get back to my own breathing techniques and and some of the mindfulness and relaxation techniques that I teach other people to help myself be the best person that I can be to help other people so you guys are awesome man I appreciate you having me on thanks I, Riley I can't say enough about you guys we'll talk nice. again my friend and uh, be safe uh, be smart and we'll uh, we'll talk soon We'll talk to you soon. Riley. Riley Jensen uh, with some great advice. And, Gordon, I think let's, I just – you know what I've been doing the last five minutes? Taking deep breaths. You know? <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you. It's, it's, a, it's a great thing to do. If you're in the car right now or listening at home, man, just sit back for a second. Take a breath. It, I'm a, it, it helps. Voller, I'm a big believer in mental health uh, help. And, um, and, and look, people, it's like you said, athletes like to view themselves as tough guys. Like, I can handle this. I can do this myself. Not just athletes, but a lot of people think, oh, okay, I, I, I can depend on myself to get this done. I'm going to power through. But it's it's no weakness. It's no real weakness on your part to, to need some advice, to need some counsel, to, to be able to utilize some of these things that people like Riley are trained in, in teaching. So... I, I just think it works. And not be ashamed. And no. I, that's why I, I just applaud Kevin Love uh, of, of the Cavaliers who came out and really discussed his own mental health issues of anxiety and panic. Panic is the real deal, believe me. And, uh, you know, you can you can find that help. And I think if you open up and discuss it instead of hiding it mm-hmm. um, is, is where the cure or at least where you can begin to find – some peace of mind and and for kevin love it was difficult to listen to his story about times where he think you know he couldn't even focus on a free throw and had to leave the court and crawled up in a ball in the locker room 
But those are real stories that happen to real people, and you don't think it that you don't think it happens, Gordon, as you said, because as as you're taught, if you are an athlete or participated in athletics, those things don't happen to you, right? Yeah. In right. reality, it does, and I think mm-hmm. the discussion today was was uh, was phenomenal. Here, here. Hey, uh, coming up next, we've got sounds of various clips. Also oh, known we? as drop of the day. Oh, drop you of the day. have a good one, Austin. And it's bowler-centric. What I do? Oh. No, it's a, it's a tease. Oh. You don't even know what it is. Really? But it has yeah. a lot to do with you. Oh, my. All right, stay tuned. Uh, drop of the day and more next as the big show rolls on. 12 of the zone. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Drop of the day. You excited? What do you think? Are you scared? No, I am a little scared. <laughs> um, you shouldn't be. I'm trying to think where this is. This like recently, or is this no. back in the vault? This is th- these. This clip that I have queued up to play. It's just under two minutes long. Oh wow! It is very bowler centric. Okay. But you yourself do not make an appearance in the clip. Oh. And it was gathered over a course of, I'd say, 18, 17 to 18 months and then compiled. Unbelievable. All right, let's hear it. Okay. Drop of the day. <laughs> Here it is. Craig Bowlerjack will join us and we'll talk some jazz basketball and he'll solve the air pollution problem in Utah. Craig Bowlerjack will tell us the best way to remove splinters. And Craig Bowlerjack will join us and he'll teach us how to make candles out of used kitchen grease. Craig Bowlerjack will join the big show and he'll teach us how to tie both shoes with one hand. Craig Bowlerjack will give us the secrets to his killer tapioca pudding recipe. Craig Bowlerjack will show us how to make emergency candles out of earwax. Bowlerjack will join us and he'll teach us the correct methodology for our bikini wax. Craig Bowler Jack will join us and he'll take us on a tour of the stars in Hollywood. Bowler will teach us how to build a fire with pocket lint and a flashlight. Craig Bowler Jack will join the show and he will teach us how to fix that itch that so many people are suffering from. Craig Bowler Jack will join the big show and he's going to teach us how to polka. Craig Bowler Jack is in Vegas and he'll teach us the secret to winning at Pie Gal Poker. Craig Bowler Jack will explain to us in detail why he freezes his underwear during the summer months. Well, in honor of Pioneer Day, he will teach us how to churn butter and maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe square dance. Jazz play-by-play man Craig Bowlerjack will join the big show and he'll teach us more lawn maintenance. Craig Bowlerjack will join the big show and he will teach us the appropriate way to wield a banana knife. Craig Bowlerjack, the voice of the jazz, will join us and he will, folks, teach us how to twerk. TV voice of the jazz, Craig Bowlerjack, will teach us how to sing a cappella. Craig Bowlerjack will join the big show and he will teach us to play the fiddle and bang the drum. Craig Bowlerjack will join the big show and he will teach us how to pick out, how to punch, and how to carve a pumpkin. Craig Bowlerjack will join us. He'll teach us how to whistle with a dry mouth and chapped lips while paddling a canoe upstream into a 50-mile-per-hour headwind. <laughs> Oh, Gordon, man, those are classics. Uh, did you? <laughs> were those coming off the top of your head on those teases? Oh, uh, probably. We did that a long time ago, but uh, that's uh, – see, here's the thing. 
when you're as educated as you are, if you have all the life experience that you've had, you know, you, you pick this stuff up along the way. So we appreciate yeah. you sharing. Yeah. No, I want to know how is what is the proper way to wield a banana? A knife banana, bullet. you have to be very careful. It's ah. slippery, slippery. <laughs> and if you miss one peel, the whole banana, it just doesn't work. And paddling upstream, Gorda, at 50, I've gone 75 miles an hour with a headwind. While whistling with chipped lap, with, with chap, chap, chap lips, with chap lips, it's no fun. Let me tell you that. And I become well, a, you know, that bikini wax. I mean, that's something private. But I mean, I've I've really tried to uh, really try to be an expert in that category. Is that how is you learn to freeze your underwear? I freeze my underwear oh, yeah. as well in the summer that, months only. Ah, yeah. Is there a way to do that and avoid the pain that might be associated with it? I don't know. <laughs> no. And was that the itch everyone's suffering yeah, from? Yeah, yeah, that itch. That's painful. That's a real painful deal. Oh, those are classics, Gordo. Are you, well done. I mean, where did you learn to carve pumpkins so well? Well, back in the day, uh, we had this punk- pumpkin carving contest in my neighborhood back in Wichita. <laughs> so that's where it all started. With a banana knife. With a banana knife. And that's really difficult. Like I said, one slip, it's done. Do you do the traditional pumpkin or are there all kinds of curly cues and, you know, the whole uh, shebang? Oh, I, I try to, you know, keep it with one tooth and the, uh, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the triangle eyes with an eyebrow, you know, so traditional. or make a pirate or patch, you know, and then the churning the butter. Uh, that's another one I thought was clever, <laughs> by the way. And I don't need the twerking lesson. No, I'll pass on that, too. I'll pass on that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, you guys made my day. Uh, I had no idea you had a collection of uh, what I can teach. That, that was uh, when I used to, well, when I came on the Tuesday show, so you promoted that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, and Lent, how you can make a, a campfire with Lent and a, <laughs> and a flashlight. And a flashlight? That's, pre- that's pretty. Uh, I'm gonna have that to, one's a hard one? That's a hard one because the angle has to be just right. See that, if, that if, doggone if, flashlight. And you got to have new double D batteries, by the way. You know, if Bowler ever got stranded, D on batteries a, or double D on, on, on a <laughs> desert <laughs> island somewhere, I think that you would you would survive. You would find a way. You know to. Yeah, live off of coconuts and uh, and churn know. my own butter on a des- desert <laughs> Bowler island. Bowler the professor. Yeah, <laughs> Gilligan's that Island. That's Gordon Marianne. But <laughs> oh, back to that. Oh. Are we back? Are we back to Ginger or Marianne? Nope. That was a big oh. question back in our back in our college days. Ginger. Uh, Bowler, what Marianne. was your answer to that question? Marianne or Ginger? Yeah, it depended on the day. And with that, we'll take a break. <laughs> come back and finalize things up on the big show. Twelve eighty, the zone. Welcome back, Big Show. Did you say Marianne and Wanda were great friends? Uh, I don't know. This is Goodbye Earl by The Chicks. Ah. Used to be the Dixie Chicks. That's right. They changed, changed their, their names. names. And we were doing revenge songs today, and this is all about revenge. All about revenge. Bowler, Monson, back together for an afternoon on 1280 The Zone. Uh, Gordo, glad to be here. Jake, back tomorrow, by the way. Hey, I've been talking. Uh, we've been talking COVID. We've been talking about the NBA. I want to talk about uh, college football for a moment. Uh, and this comes from Boomer Esiason. I worked with him at CBS, stand-up guy, quarterback. I think fans remember uh, with the Bengals. He had a stop with the Jets, uh, final stop, I believe, with Arizona, the Cardinals. He's got a radio show uh, as well. 
uh, WFAN, uh, the fan, and this was reported in the New York Post today too. Gordon, I want your thoughts. I'm going to read this to you and see what what you think. Uh, what's happening with college and the NFL. But uh, Boomer went on to say that he found it odd that so many players from big-time football programs have suddenly come down with COVID-19 as teams begin to prepare for uh, workouts. And he specifically mentioned Bama, LSU, and Clemson, uh, who, as you have reported, recently reported coronavirus cases is on their teams. I'm going to quote here. This is from Boomer. I got to be ca- really careful here because I don't want to say this is an accusation. He said on Monday morning, I don't want to. I was just thinking the other day about what is going on with the SEC teams down south and Clemson included, who's obviously an ACC team. He goes on to say a lot of their players are coming down with COVID oddly. So are they trying to herd immunity their teams? There is no concrete evidence that someone can be immune to COVID after contracting it, but Esiason evidently believes that these programs will do anything to avoid having their top players quarantined and not able to dress during a conference championship or playoff week. Um, interesting thought, but to get COVID, just to try to build herd immunity which really again there's been no scientific evidence that that would happen and that that's what you just said right there is the is the key uh you weigh reward and risk in your life and that i'm not sure that that's a good bet right at this particular time moment in time yeah it's i an, mean they, what, what what if they come down with it and then they come down with it again uh, and there have been cases you? there have been cases that uh people have had it not once but twice and i know that the the herd immunity is a hope that if you know we we work through it and we're cured or at least we get over the first round of it and then then of course um dr fauci has made a lot of comments about the vaccine the hopes for that but still the unknown gordon i don't know i, I think it's chancy no matter what but it also shows you the desperate measures of college football teams trying to get their players on the field and healthy, or at least in their mind, healthy, right? So they can participate and they can get football back on TV as well. Well, there haven't been, to my knowledge, there haven't been any young athletes who have, uh, who have died from COVID-19. I might be ignorant in that regard. I just haven't heard of any. And, uh, and you certainly hope that everyone can stay away from that. But the question then then you think yet, you know, and some people have had difficulty uh, shaking all their symptoms. I talked from a distance to uh, someone who uh, our family knows who had COVID nineteen, and she is a young. She's not a professional athlete, but she's an athlete who, and, and she is. She still has lingering effects. Mm-hmm. Well, and so I what's her age risk, can you to, what, how old I, is she? she would be 20 I want to say tw- uh, 23 or 4 maybe somewhere in that range well there's been an uptick right of uh positive cases with COVID-19 in 20 to 30 year olds yeah yeah if that's beaches and bars I don't know but there's been an uptick around the country California's pay- getting well, California's had a uh a wave Arizona and we know Florida is a, is a hot spot as well uh, if I'm a parent and I have a, a son who's in a football program, I don't want him being exposed for herd uh, immunity sake. I mean, that, that just seems 
maybe I'm worrying too much, but uh, this this pandemic has really been a weird one. Gordon, did they that, have any other choice though, like the NBA making moves to? I mean, the bubble may work here because again, that's you play the game inside. But then again, you still have sweat and you breathe and you're close uh, in, in the competition of the moment. Football, I mean, you're in everybody's face all night long. Yeah, the yeah. helmet is between you and your opponent. But I'm just not sure how this is going to work. And again, most likely you're not going to see fans uh, in stadiums across the country as well. I almost get the feeling that some folks are in denial. Uh, I really do. We're, we're in the throes of this thing. Man, this country is at war right now with this too many people have died like well, is the latest statistics uh, a third or fourth of the people worldwide who have died have been americans yeah it's it's uh, it's really been over the last couple of months it's uh, picked up a lot of steam here just when he thought it was starting to calm down but uh the hot spots around the country as i just mentioned california texas yeah. arizona and florida and you know we're still in the summer months and football's played in the fall and camps open in the hot months of July and run through August, and then you start playing on that last weekend of August. And in reality, tomorrow's July 1st. Gordon, football's not that far away. No, and it's not. Again, my concern is I haven't heard a really definite plan um, from the National Football League or what college football will be. A lot, of, a lot of teams want to play within the conference, and if that's the case, does it make sense to you that the conference has to come up with a plan so that when you play the conference games, everybody's still on that same page like what the NBA's trying to do. And for the NFL, I'm not sure if you're just going to play uh, AFC games, if you're going to try to knock down travel, if you're just going to play your own. Let's say in the AFC West, you've got uh, now the Raiders in Vegas, but some talk they may play here in Salt Lake. Uh, you know, you got the Chiefs, you've got uh, the Chargers, and you got the Raiders, I just think I just mentioned, and Denver, of course, the Broncos. So I don't, I don't know what the true plan will be. And what about those teams? And I, we're running short on time, but what about the teams like Utah State, who makes a lot of money on playing teams outside their conference to make that big payday happen? And that's a competitive football team, by the way, and a program that's grown in big ways over the last three to five years. But that still takes uh, between five and $700,000 out of their pocket if they're not playing a non-conference team in the month of September, right? Right, and I if I'm under – it's so fractured. College football is so fractured, and there's no real solid unity, and there's no solid plan right now. But if I'm any team, I don't care. If I have my schedule in front of me, every team I play, I want the, pl the opposing players tested just like my players. Who's going to pay tested. for it, though? Who's going to well, pay for I, that? You better, we better come up with some idea. And, and it what, may be like the NBA. A, we, is an alum going to write the, a check? Well, we said that the NBA is paying $1.5 million a day for their bubble thing. If, 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 if You're going to lose more money if you don't do it. So if you do do it, then utilize some of those funds in order to make it so that it's as safe as possible. And everyone is unified in how they're going about combating this thing. I know that's a bit of a pipe dream, but you might be able to come a little closer to having a, a unified approach. You know, my thought, too, is real quick, is that those rosters that you travel with may have to be trimmed a bit yeah. uh, because again if you're testing and the money that goes towards each player 
if you do it twice a week, three times a week during the course of a football season, costly, uh, it becomes even costlier uh, for maybe what the NBA is paying out because there's a lot of young men uh, playing at, at the college level throughout this country. So I guess we're going to wait and see. And the plan's got to become much more clear than it is now before they start hitting the field because uh, you'd hate to see an outbreak. Uh, among yeah. the college ranks for sure hey uh gordon we're going to take a quick break coming up on the six o'clock hour we'll step aside bowler monson together here on 1280 the zone well another uh big show has come to an end uh glad to be a part of it filling in for jake scott jake my friend thanks for uh, letting me sit in for a few hours and gordo it's always a pleasure uh to share some thoughts with you well i love jake and we love doing the show together but bowler it was nice having you on today it really it takes me back <laughs> a whole lot of years <laughs> oh, we've been come doing on, man this. we're not that old come on yeah we kind of are but uh <laughs> I mean, I remember doing shows. Uh, well, we've been doing shows for a couple of decades, and so longer than that even. So it's been terrific having you. Hearing the uh, the tones of Craig Bowlerjack on the show today, uh, that's that's a bit of relief for hey, everybody. Hey, that's kind. And next time, Austin, if I come in because of our age, can you roll in a, like a whirlpool? <laughs> I mean, so I can just like, you know, set. Have a cup of prune juice yeah, ready for you. Yeah, there, yeah. You know? that'd be really fun. Well, prune juice? Oh, my god! Don't gosh. do that. Then he might be absent for a whole lot of seconds. It's exactly right. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have, hey, you ever uh, had that, have you ever had that happen, Bowler, during a, during a jazz game? Don't talk about it. No, no. You know what? Some of those March Madness. I am so focused on that. I tell you, those March Madness days—they give you like that little six-minute, like, get out of here. The chair becomes a part of your person. uh, It sure Uh did, and the chair left with me. Uh, (laughs) But hey, I I just want to thank Riley uh, again, Riley Jensen, for coming in and talking to us today on the air. I thought about some very, you know, thought-provoking comments about stress, anxiety, in in our world today. I thought it was really it hit home for me. It hit home for a for a lot of people listening in gordo yeah me too it, it, it's good stuff don't be afraid of it if you're suffering a little bit try to find someone to help you yeah exactly i know jake will be back tomorrow i know that the uh, constant flow of information about orlando and of course about the nfl and college football gordon uh, is going to continue on uh don't know what the college and the nfl really are going to do the plan is in place for the nba but there's still many things to be worked out for for football yes and i don't know if everything goes according to plan you mentioned it bowler and i hadn't really even thought in these terms before but one month from today yeah the jazz will be playing can you believe that and it's been four months since i walked into this building and that really is a frightful thought. And it feels like about uh, four years. That's how <laughs> how slow this whole process has been going on. But four months. And uh, I'm just going to tell Jazz Nation one more time, the floor looks inviting. And, yes, we will return sooner than later. That's my hope and my thought. Gordon, it's a pleasure, my friend. Austin behind the glass. Great to see you. Thanks for letting me sit in, Jake. The big show returns tomorrow here on 1280 The Zone.